endonasal balloon manipulation is probably the most powerful structural adjustment that a human being can have. Functional cranial release is the fusion of endonasal balloon manipulation with functional neurology. If you're not breathing through your nose, you're half alive. You know, if your sinuses are inflamed, it's likely that your entire body's inflamed. If someone's brain's functioning higher on one side and lower on the other side, just by making them more equal, the whole thing rises up. Wim Hof talks about the, you know, the third eye connection. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you have that super, super oxygenation of the body, you know, you just get into this kind of bliss state. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast brought to you by Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks makes 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. The flagship nootropic from Natural Stacks is the one and only Siltep. Uh, we are going to hook you guys up with a special offer just for this episode of the podcast. You can thank our guest, Dr. John Lawrence, for this. Uh, this was John's idea, actually. We're going to hook you guys up. If you subscribe to Siltep on subscription, uh, we'll get you a 25% off discount. So Siltep subscription, uh, all Natural Stack subscriptions come with a 10% discount already. So 25% off your first month if you use the code SILTEPOPP. SILTEPOPP is the code. Uh, the cool thing about our subscription plans is that you can set the interval uh, for your reorder to whatever frequency you want. You have the option of 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. So if uh, whatever, you can you can set that up. So just cut all that out because I sound like an idiot. All right, so remember the code is SILTEP OPP. And we are back here in Siesta Key, Florida mm -hmm. with Dr. John Lawrence. Uh, John has been a, an episode on the, uh, the OPP previously. Go back and listen to episode number 104. If you have not heard that one, uh, we talked about uh, his practice, uh, advanced rejuvenation. Uh, we talked about stem cells, touched a little bit on chiropractic. Uh, we talked about all kinds of really cool stuff. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. Um, a lot of his story and his background, his bio is on there. So we're gonna skip that for you guys for today, uh, but just know that Dr. John is on the cutting edge of a lot of uh, healing and anti-aging, longevity, rejuvenation stuff. Uh, we talked about PRP and stem cells, like I said. So today we're going to talk about one of the other things that you do in your practice, functional cranial release. Mm -hmm. uh, before we do that, got a couple of housekeeping notes for you guys. Naturalstacks.com for the blog post and the video version of this podcast. You'll be able to see links, resources. Uh, we'll have links to... Dr. John's clinic. We'll have uh, some studies for you guys to pursue if you want to go further down these rabbit holes. As always, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the show. If we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with free Natural Stacks products. Um, and finally, share the OPP with your friends, with your family. As we go through this episode, if somebody pops into your head and you say, man, I wish they knew this, I wish they had heard this, Share it with them. Grab your phone. Uh, iTunes has made it super easy these days. You can just click uh, that little arrow in the top right and grab a share URL. You can share it on social media. You can text it to them. You can email it to them. Uh, you can also grab their phone and subscribe them to the OPP for us. 
All right, public services uh, announcements are over. Brian Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Brian Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Brian Muncy is my go-to guy. Brian Muncy is the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Brian Muncy's an innovator. Functional training release is the fusion of endonasal balloon manipulation with functional neurology. And uh, so endonasal balloon manipulation has, has been around since literally the 1940s. And um, the, the first study that was done, they basically had a control group and a sham group, and they were looking to see if there was changes in skull structure. They were looking to see if there was improvement with vision and improvement with hearing. And they had a pretty uh, significant change with the people's hearing and their vision. So this was in 1947. And there's, there's since been some, um, some small types of studies, but nothing that's really, I think, worthy of you know, any type of scientific scrutiny. Um, like many things that are not patentable, you know, there's, there's not the money for the research with this. But I can tell you, Ryan, that from personal experience, endonasal balloon manipulation is probably the most powerful structural adjustment that a human being can have. And that's, I mean, that's a powerful statement in itself, just knowing your background and, you know, you're trained as a chiropractor, you, you are an ND, you do a lot of physical manipulations or, or can. So to say that that one is the most powerful, um, let's give our listeners a little bit of background on, you know, your, I guess, enthusiasm or passion mm -hmm. for it. You, you have an interesting story about, uh, your, you know, your right nostril. You want to yeah. share that story? Well, you know, I grew up in Hawaii and for those of you who have been to Hawaii, I'm a white boy. So in case you're looking, listening to this on the podcast, we're called Howleys. And so we were pretty much the minority there. And you know, there was a lot of hostility with the locals and the Howleys. And so, you know, I, I grew up having to, you know, defend myself. And so I got into one particular fight and um, I got my nose broken and it just was closed up for, for, for many, many years. And so when I was in chiropractic school, I heard someone talking about endonasal manipulation. And it's like intuitively, I got that just gut, like, that's what I need. Like that had fixed my nose. Mm -hmm. And so when I had the opportunity to actually have the procedure done to me, it was life-changing. I felt like I was calmer. I was more centered. Um, I saw clearer. Um, I felt better emotionally. And I slept so much better. I felt oxygenated when I woke up. Um, and then, of course, I could breathe fully, you know, not only through the, the side that was closed up, but literally both sides were much, uh, much more open. So it was a profound benefit that I felt. So you mentioned feeling it right away. I mean, I guess talk our listeners through the process. And, you know, if somebody came in to, uh, to see you, you know, how do you determine what they need and, and how that works? My practice is, is a lot more specialized. Um, you know, a lot of your listeners can get online and start Googling endonasal balloon manipulation. They can look at like bilateral nasal specific technique is the original um, endonasal manipulation procedure. And, you know, and there's several others. And what I found was that when 
the endonasal balloon manipulations were done more specifically based on testing that I do, mm -hmm. I was able to get more profound changes with patients. And then what I found was that when I did these manipulations on people, I would get a change to their brain function that would allow me to drive certain pathways that weren't working so good. And they would get changes that would otherwise take me months to achieve. So there, there was something to do with the activation when the balloon manipulations performed. So I see that there's a structural improvement that people get, people that have chronic sinus problems, TMJ sufferers, sleep apnea. I mean, these, these to me are like a structural cranial issue, right? Mm -hmm. People that are, are chronic mouth breathers, they have you know, collapsed maxilla and their, their, their sinuses are collapsed. You know, these are structural issues that the endonasal balloon manipulations can address. But there's a whole world of the impact that these endonasal balloon manipulations actually make for the brain function. So whether someone's looking to kind of enhance their cognitive abilities or their athletic abilities, I mean, like boxers, you know, or, or hockey players, mm -hmm. you know, can you imagine like how many times they get hit in the face and how important that would be for them to like, especially when they're exerting themselves to be able to fully breathe through their nose. And I've had number of, you know, these professional athletes and, and um, you know, it, it's just, it, it can be a game changer for people in, in, that, in that level. But then the majority of my practice is, is, is very sick and neurologically compromised individuals. Okay. You know, a lot of people come to me that have a lot of vestibular disorders, um, movement disorders, um, degenerative neurological diseases. And these people, you know, they're, they're miserable. And so I utilize these techniques with, with these that are refractory, you know, meaning that they're, they're, they're not responding to any other type of treatment out there. Mm -hmm. And most of these cases have been bouncing from neurologist to neurologist to neurologist to teaching hospitals, you know, and all these so-called so experts. And, and they, they find me and we're usually able to resolve a lot of these conditions within days. That's really fascinating. What kind of, uh, I guess, resolution or, or improvement relief are people with neurological disorders getting or experiencing? Typically with the um, functional cranial release, um, one to two weeks is, is about the, the treatment that I, that I do. And I usually see some profound changes within that short period of time. Um, there, are, there are some cases that you know, they might have a, a significant degenerative neurologic disease and there's gonna be some limitations to what we can do for them. Mm -hmm. But if we can enhance their quality of life, you know, a lot of these people are very happy. So mm -hmm. I think it really, it's a case by case basis. I think okay. the majority of the cases that I see are usually, you know, anywhere from 70 to 80% better than they were when they, when they first came in. In terms of uh, cognitive function or just being able to move, get around, breathe, quality of life type stuff? Yeah, I mean, it kind of runs the gamut. It depends on what type of case. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. There's a, a rare neurological condition called palatal malaclonus. And it's where the, the throat makes these rhythmic tremors. And I've now seen 35 cases. And like probably any other neurologist on the planet's only seen one or two maybe. Right. So I've been able to fix the majority of these people using, you know, the combination of the endonasal balloon manipulation and the functional neurology. So 
I mean, it just depends because you, you can't really say, oh, well, you're going to have this type of result on every single case right. that you have come in. Right. So your listening base is probably, I would imagine, the athletic, you know, biohackers that are, are maybe looking at having um, better performance from their brain mm -hmm. and their body. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest that if you're an individual that find that you have difficulty breathing through your nose, that you have maybe chronic sinus problems, you maybe have TMJ, your balance maybe isn't perfect. You've had like what's called a TBI or a traumatic brain injury at some point. Um, you know, these are really, really good cases for someone like myself. There are some really, really good quality functional neurology chiropractic physicians out there. You know, you can Google functional neurologist, you know. Okay. Anybody that is looking for a good functional neurologist and we really haven't delved into that part yet. We've right. kind of talked about the endonasal, but right. the functional neurology component is really just as exciting. Before we leave that, I just like for the for the endonasal stuff. I mean, mm. that's like you're putting a balloon inside the nostril, inflating it, and it's manipulating the the cranial structure. Right. Okay. Is that painful? Well, it's pressure, so I think it's intense for a moment or two. Um, most people tolerate it very well, um, but it, it can be an intense pressure for, for a few moments and then, you know, that's gone. It's sort of like a chiropractic adjustment, but you're using the balloon to get to a place where you couldn't otherwise physically manipulate. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So things to consider um, benefit-wise is, you know, the skull is made of 22 bones, you know, and they all converge in and touch a central bone called the sphenoid and the sphenoid bone you know rests behind your eyes temple to temple um, behind your nose and it's the center pivot point of a movement pattern called cranial rhythm and so um, cranial rhythm is a circular movement that helps cerebral spinal fluid basically circulate around the brain and spinal cord and so the circulation is important to bring oxygen and nutrients to keep you know, brain tissue healthy. So what happens is we get jammed um, in these cranial sutures. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be that we were taught in, in medical school that all these sutures fused at a certain area, certain um, age, and that's not the case. So for certain people to kind of wrap their head around this, because it was hard for me too in the beginning, is think about your teeth, right? So your tooth is inserting into your jawbone. Mm -hmm. And you can get braces and your, your teeth can literally shift, mm -hmm. right? So that tooth is in the jawbone and you've got jawbone surrounding that tooth. And what happens when that tooth moves is you have reabsorption of bone on one end and you have creation of bone on the other end, right? So this is basically an epigenetic phenomenon. So there's genes that are expressed that cause the bone to go away on one side and genes that are expressed that cause the bone to uh, accumulate on the other side. Well, that tissue that's around the tooth is the exact same tissue that's between all of the cranial bones. Mm -hmm. So these bones can move, they just have to have a pressure applied to them that's more or less such that can promote that, that shift. So what happens in our society is that there seems to be a significant collapsing of the cranial bones over the last hundred years. I mean, think a hundred years ago, we didn't have to have our wisdom teeth removed. 
You know, right. we had, you look at Aborigines, they've got these giant wide cranial uh, structures. Weston Price was one of the earlier people to look at this and, and notice that not only when people were taken out of their in, indigenous tribes and brought to industrialized areas mm -hmm. and they started eating, you know, mm -hmm. all of the refined foods and mm -hmm. there might be more to it. There are pollutants and stresses associated with being in the cities and so forth. Well, all these things accumulated and resulted with these people having crowded teeth. And then he also noticed all the degenerative diseases started to appear on these people that they didn't see in the Aborigine tribes. Right. So that's where he really started to try to figure out like what's really going on here. Right. And so um, Dr. Pottinger kind of stepped in after Weston Price and he ran a study with cats, right? Mm -hmm. And he had one group of cats where he fed them um, raw, food, raw meat and raw milk and the other group of cats where he fed them cooked meat and homogenized milk. And guess what he found? We talked about this yesterday. So the cats that ate the cooked meat and the homogenized pasteurized milk had crowded teeth and right. facial collapse. Right. Whereas the ones that ate the traditional raw meat, raw milk did not. Yeah, and and my, my question to you, as soon as you told me that yesterday was, did that happen within that specific animal's lifetime? Or was this a multi-generational thing where they followed uh, the offspring? And, and I think it, it would be fascinating to look that up or, or have that study re recreated and followed through the offspring, offspring, because your answer was that, that it happened to that specific animal within its own within life. its lifetime. They saw this. Right. Yeah. So there's a, examples that Weston Price found where there was twins and one of the twins at a young age moved to, you know, an industrialized area and the other one stayed in the Aborigine tribe. Mm -hmm. And they, they compared and showed these facial structures. And it was, you know, you can, there's a book called On Physical Degeneration and okay. it's by Weston Price. Right. And there are a ton of pictures in that book if you're interested in kind of going down that rabbit hole. We'll put a link to that on the show notes. So you can, if you go to naturalstacks.com, you'll be able to see the blog post for this. And, and at the bottom of that, we'll have a link to the book. Uh, so you don't have to try to, if you're driving or working out while you're listening to this, yeah, don't, you don't get into a crash. You don't have this. to try to remember that. Um, but this is fascinating. And I think this is one of the things that most interested me in this whole uh, functional cranial release kind of rabbit hole, if you will, because if our facial structure really is changing, um, and, and I think the wisdom teeth is, is a prime example of that, what can we do to prevent that? Uh, on a on an individual basis and then again kind of go from from those lifestyle habits into you know how functional cranial release can yeah uh, can attenuate some of that uh bad or, or negative change well you know i love the idea of of giving people at home something that they can do right you know because obviously i can't treat everybody and right. it's not realistic for people to make the trip you know but if you if you can breathe through you know uh, Robert Fulford, he's, he's kind of um, coined the father of crani cranial osteopathy. And he, his whole thing was getting people breathing through their nose. And he, he made a statement that was, you know, if you're not breathing through your nose, you're half alive. So if, if you're one of those people out there that, that you don't breathe through your nose, you're a mouth breather, then what's likely happening is that you might be suffering from chronic inflammation in the sinus cavity 
So things that you might want to look at are food allergies, mm -hmm. you know, and you can do testing on your own or you can find a naturopathic doctor that might do some testing. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of those things are upregulated by gut issues, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, do some work and, 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 and see if you've got food allergies, if you've got mold toxins in your house, that can be another factor. Things that might be causing inflammation in your body in general are going to really show up in the sinuses. You know, I always kind of look at the sinuses being as kind of the canary in the coal mine. Mm -hmm. You know, if your sinuses are inflamed, it's likely that, you know, your entire body is inflamed. So I would say that um, that would be the first thing that you'd want to look to address. I developed a product called Glutastat, which is actually a nebulized formula that has emulsified um, oregano, sage, bay leaf, and glutathione. And mm -hmm. The thing that a lot of people make the mistake when they have this chronic sinus problems is that they, they think that they're going to take an antibiotic. All that bacteria is inside the nasal passage in the sinus. So your blood can't quite get to that infection. And so that's why I really like um, nebulizing because you're really going to coat and, and directly address you know, that infection. And so we've had some good success with that. I'm a huge fan of glutathione and I know a lot of our listeners are. Is yeah. that is that something where we would get benefit from just using that treatment it? like once a week or something? Yeah. Even absolutely. if we didn't have sinus issues. Yeah. So for a minute, uh let's let's talk about that one because um you know our, our audience is very familiar with glutathione. We've had some some amazing guests in the past talk about I think it was uh Stephen Folks um who we talked about the importance of keeping glutathione, you know, elevated and, and how, you know, there's a relationship between decreased levels and dysfunction there with certain degenerative diseases of civilization and inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that cocktail that you've included with uh, the glutathione in that treatment. Run through those, uh, was it sage, bay leaf? Oregano, right? So it's emulsified oregano, sage, bay leaf. There's colloidal silver, okay, and glutathione. I want some of that, and, and I call it glutastat. Awesome. So, okay. so this is how I I was I, I used to do medical crew for Tony Robbins, right? Okay. And so he had a big event, and I was sick as a dog. And this was an upper respiratory thing that was was really hitting people hard. And I just started to get sick the day before I was supposed to travel to go to this Tony event. So I just basically put this cocktail together and started nebulizing it. And it went away within a day where everyone else was sick for like two, three weeks. So um, that was really how it was born. You know, so this is a really, um, it's a game changer for not only acute, but chronic sinus issues, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so this is really my, the flagship thing that I use for infection. But, you know, individuals can just nebulize glutathione as well. And you get a very good absorption straight to the brain, mm -hmm. you know, you know, through the, the lungs. Okay. I was kind of drilling you on this yesterday because, you know, like I just said, I, I'm a huge fan of glutathione and, yeah. and want to be taking or, or ingesting the most usable form of it. We know that oral forms are not the best. Uh, you also have a, a suppository that you've created and that you use for people as well, right? Right. Glutamax. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so this is what I like about that. So if you take glutathione orally, your, your gut breaks it down, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, if, you, if you nebulize it, you're going to get a nice lift of glutathione for a short period of time because you're going to have 
peak plasma, you know, mm -hmm. is going to go up and then it's going to be there for a few moments, a few minutes or so. And then if you take an IV, I think an IV push of glutathione maybe stays in peak plasma for a couple of hours. Sure. Where what I like about the suppository, even though it might not be as much as like say a, an IV of glutathione um, milligram wise, you get a slow release over about six to seven hours. Okay. So I usually have people. Um, um, it's in, being absorbed through the colon and into the bloodstream that way, right? Without having to go through the digestion process, right? Okay. Yeah, and and so it gives it gives the body ability to absorb, mm -hmm. right? So many years ago, I heard a natural healthcare doctor kind of describing um, uh, hydrating the body, you know, and he was kind of saying, okay, well, imagine that you have these beans and you're soaking these beans, right? And you can't just necessarily go and, and put water into the bowl with the beans and then pour the water out and expect those beans to be hydrated. You know, they have to sit there for hours, right? So it's the same thing with hydration is that you have to drink a, a, a plenty of water over a significant period of time, sometimes several days to really fully hydrate your, at a cellular level. Well, the same thing happens with nutrients. So you can put a bolus of nutrients in the body, you know, but it's better to have a small amount of nutrients over a long period of time. And that's kind of where the glutamax plays in. That's really cool. Really cool. So I know I kind of took you off track there um, with the cranial release. And yeah, um, let's go back. So we're, we're talking about facial structure collapse over the last hundred years. Something else that we talked about yesterday, and, and one of the potential causes of that is, you know, you mentioned the cats and how their diet changed, and they saw that facial collapse and teeth crowding within their lifetime. You know, so you think about how our diets have changed over the last hundred years, and it's easy to, to understand that. But, you know, you mentioned that there's a lot of indigenous people who are still eating meat off the bone. Right. Uh, you know, I can think of like, if you've ever eaten an entire bag of jerky at once, and how tired your jaws get. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, we used to have to work that hard for all of our food. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when, you, when you're chewing, think about the pressure, not just in the, in the jaw and the TMJ, but the whole cranial structure. Right. You know, and so that stress, because you know, we're always, it seems like it always goes back to just a, a little bit of stress, the hormetic yeah. aspect, yeah. right? And, and so this stress actually turns on epigenetic um, factors between the cranial bones that provide for a larger cranium. Okay. And of course, a larger cranium is going to give you what? A, a larger nasal passage. Right, right. And I mean, you mentioned our audience is biohackers and, you know, people who are generally healthier than the average American uh, looking to perform you know, whether it's cognitively or physically at their peak, you know, we, we, we've talked, uh, we've had some people on the show before, and this could be a topic for another uh, episode with maybe somebody in the physical performance world where we talk more about the importance of being able to breathe through your nose and how that impacts work capacity and endurance. Mm -hmm. um, but we know that if you're breathing through your mouth, like anybody who's ever been, you go out on a run and, and you get to that point where you're no longer able to breathe through your nose, you're breathing through your mouth, uh, you're breathing into your lungs at that point instead of your diaphragm. Uh, your shoulders are elevated. These are mm -hmm. all symptoms of being at capacity, which is a stress. Sympathetic. It's, a, it's, it's a sign of stress in that moment. And if you're, if you're running and you get tired, that's not a big deal. Um, obviously, being able to control that and delay that improves performance. 
But I bring it up to say that if you're a mouth breather in a normal setting, when you're at work for eight hours a day, you know, you have bad posture and you can't fill up your diaphragm, you're breathing into uh, your lungs, your shoulders are, are shrugged and hunched and elevated and your mouth breathing. Now you're introducing that stimulus of stress mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And you're yeah. chronically elevating those stress signals and stress hormones. Right. And cortisol is going to go up and you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be digesting food. You're going to be starting to shunt blood away from your, your, your gut. Mm-hmm. So your gut's going to become ischemic, mm-hmm. right? So that whole resting and digesting, mm-hmm. you know, you need to be in that resting and digesting to have a nice thick and, and healthy gut. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's chronically in that stress response, you know, there's no blood supply to the internal organs. And this is where you get thin walls with the gut and you start to lead to that, what the, the leaky gut syndrome, Yeah, right? leaky gut or irritable bowel, any of those uh, impermeability issues or mm-hmm. permeability issues and, and you know, uh, digestion absorption issues. So, so that's one aspect of, of improving nasal passages. But then there's this whole other side that we really haven't touched on, and that is cognitive function, brain function. So let's go down that route. Okay. All right. So you guys measure, uh, you, you measure brain function with something called a saccadometer uh-huh a saccadometer okay that's right and that measures saccades saccades actually saccades. I, i've gotten a lot of shit for calling it saccades so we don't want that to be called. okay so it's a, it's the proper word is a saccade okay okay so start over okay <laughs> what the heck is a saccade okay so a saccade is a fast eye movement okay and it's where your eye moves from one target to another target Mm-hmm. And a saccade is generated by the frontal lobe. And okay. obviously, you know, the frontal lobe is where our executive function comes from. So we know that if we can have a better, faster, more accurate saccade, then we know that the brain's functioning at a, at a more peak level. And so this is something that we do in our office pre and post. And we typically can see anywhere from pre and post uh, Indonesian funct- treatment. Right. Okay. Right. Right. So typically we'll see anywhere from 30 to even sometimes 70% improvement with these reports. And I think we're going to be doing that with you. We are. Yeah. We're going so to do that. And you're going uh, to be able to I'll, I'll report back. Uh, yeah. So, so you guys stay tuned at the end of this podcast, I will have a uh, post FCR treatment uh, analysis breakdown for you guys. Um, hopefully I don't have two black eyes. <laughs> so, what we're talking about here then is uh, with with the way this thing tests. So you're looking at like you move a laser and you test the the latency uh, or the delay in our eye tracking that movement. And then you were saying that you also are able to track uh, or measure the accuracy, whether we right. over or undershoot where that thing's going. Right. Yeah. So the latency is the processing that the frontal lobe and then the speed. So so a decreased latency on this saccadometer would would be a signal or, or it would be a, a quantifiable metric that frontal lobe is working faster right and too fast or the big thing is when you have a um so there's a sweet spot like you don't necessarily well, not want necessarily it but it, it you want to you want to be equal from right to left okay you know what they found is that if someone's brain's functioning um, higher on one side and lower on the other side, just by making them more equal, mm-hmm. the whole thing rises up. Okay. So symmetry is really important when it comes to brain function. And 
that's one of the things that we really strive to accomplish with the FCR. Okay. So we're measuring, um, you know, brain function, frontal lobe response time, and you guys are able to improve response time uh, of the frontal lobe, which as you said, is related to executive function. Uh, you're, you're able to balance the sides of the brain right and left. So, so I guess I really love that line that you said where, where symmetry is, is a great indicator of brain function. Talk a little bit more about what happens if we get out of balance and, and maybe what could lead to us being out of balance. Well, the area of the brain that I see most affected with poor um, symmetry and the, you know, especially anybody that's had any type of traumatic brain injury. Now, keep in mind, you know, you can have a TBI where it could be a toxic exposure. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be you hit your head. Although, any ask anybody, you know, from even from childbirth, there's trauma to the skull and the head. So. Um, what I see most affected with that is the vestibular, uh, the vestibular function. So the vestibular function is hardwired through frontal lobe. It's hardwired through the ears. It's hardwired through the eyes, and it's hardwired through all of the muscles that support your spine. And so, if you think about it, it if you were to be, if you turn your head to the right your ears are basically catching like the velocity that the head's moving, the position your head's in. And then there's an equal and opposite reaction that has to occur with the eyes. Okay. So if I turn my head to the right, the eyes are actually pushed to the left. Otherwise, if this, if this wasn't operating optimally, we would be walking around. It would be looking like we're holding a camera. You know, like, you know, some of those movies, yeah. you know, where it's all filmed, like someone's carrying a camera and you just like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> right. it's dizzy, dizzying, right? right? Well, imagine living life like that, you know? And so this is a part of your brain function called the vestibular ocular reflex. So it's a reflex hardwired so that we can appreciate our, um, when our body's moving and being connected with our environment. Okay. So, so those, those are important. Those vestibular functions a lot of times go slightly off and they, they burn a lot of energy because the body then has to try to compensate for this. Okay. So this, this might not be something that someone notices, you know, and, and this is something we can fine tune with functional cranial release, but you can imagine that if, if you had a car and you had the radio blasted, right? And you've got the air conditioning blasted and you've got like everything turned on, right? The car is probably going to be stressed out a bit. So if you think about your body, you have so much ATP, you have so much mitochondrial function, mm -hmm. right? Especially neurologically. Like, do you want to be using those faculties towards what, you know, compensations or figuring out the meaning of life? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to vote figuring out the meaning of life. Or, or even somewhere in the middle of or, just like or being your a workouts, high performer, right? right? Or your workouts, right? Yeah. Okay, we've got vestibular function improvement, frontal lobe activation, uh, and I think some of that is is going to come from, or, or maybe maybe not some of it, but all of it. Like that, those benefits happen because you're opening up that nasal passageway and, and you're getting more oxygen in. I think that's a, a step that we've skipped. Uh, you know, let's talk about the importance of you know, being able to breathe through your nose and get more oxygen to those areas. You talked yesterday about, you know, ionization and, you know, mitochondrial enhancement, all that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, oxygen is, is, is an important, you know, fuel that our body uses to produce energy, you know, and, you know, when you get more oxygen, your body performs more optimally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I think a lot of people may have sleep apnea and not realize it. You know, they're, they're finding more and more people that have what's called silent sleep apnea. So you don't necessarily need to snore to know that you have that mm-hmm. problem. But um, I think there's a lot of subtleties with people with their nasal collapse, you know, that are going to affect them through poor oxygenation. Absolutely. Well, and I would argue too, and, and this is something I said to you yesterday, that if we're able to, you know, open those passages and, and you know, increase the amount of oxygen that we get, that it makes all those other breathing exercises more effective. Uh, you know, we both know and, and follow Wim Hof, you know, whether you do box breathing or mm-hmm. Kundalini or, uh, you know, pranayama, whatever type of breathing or yoga, or I think for, for you guys listening by now, you know, the idea of breath work is, is not something new, but whatever method you use, it, it could be optimized or enhanced through, uh, you know, better breathing, like physical breathing, not, not just, or the mechanism of intaking the oxygen, not just like the way you do it. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got bringing the oxygen into the body and then utilizing that oxygen, right? right? So, I mean, I think a lot of the concepts with the deep breathing exercises that Wim Hof teaches is you're super oxygenating the mm-hmm. system, right? You're you're getting rid of all of that CO two, and then you're hyper alkalizing the blood, which is able to push even more than a hundred percent oxygen saturation into the bloodstream, and then what that's what that's doing is it's transferring this oxygenated uh, fluid into the extracellular space. Um, Van Arden, who he developed something called EWAT. You ever heard of EWAT? No. Exercise with oxygen therapy. Okay. So this was, um, Van Arden was Otto Warburg's number one student, right? So Otto Warburg is kind of won the Nobel Prize because he discovered that oxygen and cancer can't coexist. Right. Right. And so um, Van Arden took over uh, all of um, Otto Warburg's work and his whole emphasis was having people do exercise with pure oxygen. And his hypothesis was that you were pushing the, um, the oxygen level so high that it was, it was spilling off into the lymphatics and into the capillaries, or the, sp- I'm sorry, the space between the capillaries, mm-hmm. which was basically upregulating these pumps that would push what he called trapped blood proteins, right? Okay. And so he, what he found is that the capillaries would literally go from being collapsed because you had all these proteins that were all stuck in the tissues. Mm-hmm. Basically, the tissues are just got edema, you know, they're, they're, right. they're thick, they're full of stuff and junk, right. they're toxic. Right. And so this was able to get this detoxification through the, at the tissue level where then the capillary space widened up. So you can imagine if your capillaries widen up, right. how much more oxygen absorption and utilization you're going to have. Right. And I think that this is part of what you're getting with Wim Hof's treatment as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's a form. I've actually been working on my own spin of Wim Hof, okay. which is um, B-Watt, breathing while on oxygen therapy. At some point, I'm probably going to release some sort of a, a training program with it, but it's basically doing Wim Hof breathing techniques while breathing 100% pure oxygen, something I've been working on. 
All right. That sounds fascinating. What, so when, when you do that, what are you experiencing? The breath hold time is off the chart. Really? Yeah. What, what's your breath hold time? Oh, it's mine's not good. It's, it's maybe a minute if, if I'm lucky. Um, yeah, I did five minutes this morning. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's really a beautiful stillness that you can get into, mm-hmm. you know, and Wim Hof talks about the, you know, the third eye connection. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you have that super, super oxygenation of the body, you know, you just get into this kind of bliss state. So I think a BWAT would be a very good therapy for you. I would imagine that your, your breath hold time would just go light years. Well, my breath hold time may be paltry because of, uh, you know, some, some issues that we might be correcting with functional cranial release. So uh-huh. let's, yes. let's start with the, the basic functional cranial release. I'll report back to you guys on how it feels. Uh, if my breath hold time improves, we'll use that as a metric. Uh, to maybe quantify results. We'll also uh, report back to you guys quickly. uh, So stay tuned. Um, I'll I'll tell you how my saccades, how my my saccades and brain function uh, improves uh, after this. And uh, I'll also, you know, pay attention to my workouts this week as well and see if I'm able to, you know, continue to breathe through my nose longer and kind of push that capacity and that threshold higher. So yeah. Um, if I set any PRs in the gym this week, uh, we'll make an edit to this and, and let you guys know about that. So notice um, the quality of your sleep. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll report back to you guys on all that, but before we go, you know, stick a balloon up my nose and change my facial structure on the previous episode with Dr. John number one Oh four, if you guys haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. Uh, you answered the question, uh, that, that every guest answers top three tips to live optimal. So we're going to close this one a little bit differently. Um, two questions for you. Number one, best advice you've ever been given. Wow. Um, the best advice I've ever been given. What's the other question? Question number two is, uh, the top two books that you've read in the last 10 or 12 months. Okay. The power of now by Eckhart Tolle. Okay. That is a great, great book. Mm -hmm. It's on the spiritual plane. Yeah. And I don't read a lot of books. So that, that was the second one would be meditations by Marcus Cerilius. I haven't finished the book, but it's, it's good. There's some good stuff in there. So obviously when I'm re- when I read, it's mm-hmm. more on the spiritual plane because yeah. I, I, I kind of go into my quiet place at okay. that point. But when I'm, you know, podcasting and, you know, on online, it's usually more science-based. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. And then best advice you've ever been given? be in the moment. Okay. I like it. Perfect. So stay tuned. We'll tell you how it goes with the functional cranial release. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. Dr. John, thanks for hanging out with us. My pleasure. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. So one of the things that I want to do is we'll get Dr. John back on the podcast in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll do a Q&A, listener Q&A. Um, and what we'll do is you guys send me uh, all of your questions, send them on social media. If, if that's where you're seeing this, uh, send them to me over email. So social is at natural stacks, uh, email Ryan at natural stacks, any kind of uh, stem cell or laser or uh, chiropractic, orthopedic questions, uh, rejuvenation, anti-aging, longevity, whatever. Send us those questions. 
we'll do a, a future episode with John and, and I will drill him with your questions so that we can help you guys as much as possible. Um, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post for this links, resources, uh, studies, books, all that stuff. Um, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Uh, let us know how much you like the show and share this episode and the OPP in general with the people in your life who you know will benefit from and enjoy the things that we're doing here. Uh, that's how we help more people and, and grow this thing. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next show.